the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. It will be a while before it's fully understood why India has been so swiftly and so disastrously engulfed by the coronavirus. But there is one thing for sure. India's problem is now the world's problem. More specifically, it's now world trade's problem, as shipping grapples with the latest wave of problems that were never resolved, simply worked around. Crew changeovers vital for maintaining global seaborne trade are being left paralysed by a new wave of coronavirus restrictions, with most of the world's seafarers now unable to leave vessels once contracts expire or sign on to start their jobs. The situation is complex and it is changing daily, but the simple truth is that it is pretty much a hopeless pursuit trying to change crew almost anywhere in the world right now. If it's not lack of visas, it's no flights. If there's flights, they're not to the right destinations. There are stipulations for vaccines, but limitations on which ones are accepted in which country and no solution to how we give seafarers at-sea vaccinations. Ship managers are trying all the usual workarounds, but this week they've reached stalemate and crew logistics has almost come to a halt. A crew nationality arbitrage has also emerged, with preference being given to seafarers who are easier to relocate, such as the Chinese, to the detriment of Indian and other Southeast Asian countries. Worryingly, we're also seeing numerous coronavirus infections on board vessels with this new wave as strains defy testing protocols. They're also harder to detect via the usual 7-14 day offshore quarantines. By all accounts, trade is currently still moving, albeit with crew wearing hazmat suits anywhere near India. But we're already hearing of some owners pulling vessels from calling at Indian ports. And it's not just trade disruptions that are on the cards. With Indian crew now facing huge uncertainties and crew from Myanmar already constrained by mounting political tension and sanctions at home, the possibility of an international crew shortage within months is now a very real possibility. Joining me to discuss these latest trends and what it means for shipping is a podcast regular, uh, the Secretary General of the International Chamber of Shipping, Mr Guy Platten. Welcome back to the podcast, Guy. Thank you very much, Richard. It's also a pleasure to talk to you. Well, we, we always like having you on the podcast, but unfortunately it seems that we are increasingly pulling you in to discuss ever more distressing topics. Um, I mean, the situation I just described, it's obviously a complex one, but from your perspective, can you give us a, a quick overview of the situation and, and the key dynamics at play right now as you see them? I think uh, just, yeah, it was an excellent overview and it's such a complex, I think to paraphrase a, a famous politician, it's been like a giant game of whack-a-mole since January of 2019. And uh, we've just been struggling at, at times very with great difficulty just to try and keep up, to try and cope with the situation. You know, we just when we think we're making progress, another fire breaks out and there's another shutting down of a, of, of a country or, or whatever. So it's been an incredibly difficult time for us all. I mean, we, we managed to, you know, at one point last year, we had 400,000 crew well over their contract time and, and some have been on board for nearly two years. We've managed to get that number down, but of course now we're seeing that those those numbers starting to rise again for the, all the reasons that you've just described. And so it, it's it's a frustrating to, to say the least. And, and on a human level, of course, it's absolutely awful. And, and we see that the horror stories coming out. So, you know, shipping has kept on delivering throughout this pandemic and it still is, but it, it just gets more and more difficult as each day passes. Mm. I mean, you know, as you said, the, the the crewing crisis never really went away, but you know, the industry had found ways to to get around the situations, and 
has struck me you know a few months ago that we had got to the stage where you know we were getting some traction with governments i mean has that reversed are we back to square one with that you know, what's happening it's 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 really interesting i i think speaking to my members i think they're they're now more concerned about the situation than i've seen them since the the middle autumn of last year uh, and that, that we are really weeks away from from major disruption potentially mm. if if this continues I think what has been frustrating is that governments have been selective in their interpretation of when they should deliver on the Maritime Labour Convention, which is that convention, that global convention, which protects the rights of seafarers at these difficult times. And if anything, the MLC was designed for a a crisis like a pandemic, and yet countries have seen fit to disregard elements of it when it suited them, uh, ostensibly on public health grounds. And I think that's been the real frustration for us is that it's, it's there what we need is governments to 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 actually work with us and to find ways around and, and to, to allow crew changes to take place. And I think that's that's been if I sound frustrated because I really am frustrated, you know, we keep banging on about this. And I mean, the ship managers themselves, they seem to have been you know, previously finding workarounds, but they're not working. I mean, do you have a better understanding of why they're not working? I think essentially is that the, the situation changes sometimes by the hour. So you can arrange flights, you can arrange a crew change only to find out new restrictions being put on and they can't, it can't happen. So it's that, you know, when that changes so quickly like that, it's it becomes really difficult for you to plan ahead. And I think that's the problem is that suddenly the last few weeks with the awful situation in India, which seems to be spreading elsewhere, mm. is suddenly new restrictions are put on and and we're, we're back to square one and trying to how to deal with all, all this i think the, the, the ship managers have done an amazing job and ship owners in trying to find workarounds but it does get increasingly difficult and i mean in terms of the implications to come clearly you know the situation is 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 tough at the moment but there's going to be a lag in terms of the impact that that creates because if the india situation continues for a number of months which we you know would assume is going to be the case that comes on top of uh, known restrictions when you're dealing with crew from Myanmar uh, who are uh, restricted in terms of uh, you know, sanctions getting in and out of the country. That's uh, affecting a significant swathe of available crew internationally. You could be looking at a situation where we are going to be facing a global crew shortage later this year, surely. I think I mean, shipping is a resilient industry, but I do have some fears now. Clearly, this is... It doesn't happen on day one. It, it's a cumulative effect. So if you can, you know, restricting crew changes is going to have knock-on effects. You mentioned Myanmar. That's, you know, a, a really good point. But also the Pacific Islands, the Kiribati, and other places, which we just started to make progress and actually patriating seafarers back there. But that's all suddenly shut down. So I think it, it's, it's there's no doubt that this this crisis, unless governments wake up now and really work with this resolver, is you're going to see it getting back potentially to the the awful levels we saw in sort of the middle of last year mm. and we're now back to the stage of trying to ensure that governments understand the importance of seafarers being vaccinated it's uh, not new news to anybody listening to this podcast but do you think that message is getting through do you know what that's that's the one chink of light i, I see in this now i do think that message is starting to resonate we are seeing some evidence that governments are being much more open to seafarers i mean we're hearing multiple reports now in the United States that because they've got such a surplus of vaccines and they're not allowed to export them at the moment, that they're being offered to overseas seafarers. And I've seen some heartwarming pictures 
of uh, seafarers getting their uh, Johnson & Johnson jab in Norfolk, Virginia. And we hear Houston, we hear other places in, in Florida that's allowing it to happen. And to me, that, that does offer a little ray of, of, of sunshine. And then we heard yesterday uh, that uh, the Dutch government is allocating 50,000 doses to Dutch flagged seafarers and, and, and ships under Dutch management. That again is a step in the right direction. And, and we sense there is some more enthusiasm for that as the, the next weeks and months go ahead. But of course, it's not enough, and we need to get all our, our crews vaccinated as soon as possible. And we're particularly concerned about those crews who are from those nations where the vaccine program is, is such a long way behind. Mm. So it, it's it's a an ongoing issue, but it is probably going to be the only way out of this crisis for, for our industry. I do think that. I mean, and worryingly, we, we are hearing reports increasingly now of uh, coronavirus cases on board vessels, which, uh, you know, had been a, a relative rarity in the, the previous waves. But we're also hearing uh, reports that, you know, ship owners are essentially being quarantined after calling at India, unable to dry dock afterwards, unable to call to ports. Um, you know, we're hearing that some owners are on the tank side avoiding India altogether. Either way you look at that, there are serious implications for trade uh, and crew and ultimately India. Uh, which is you know, in danger of being ostracised by global trade if that continues. Are you concerned that shipping is now going to be stuck in an impossible situation, whatever it does? And I, I, th I think we've we've had that concern all the way through this. To to be honest with you, we've tried to cope with everything that's been thrown at us, and a lot has been thrown at us. You know, and I you know always pay tribute to the crews who, who must be absolutely awful at times, not knowing when you're going to get off, not knowing what sort of a reception you're going to get. And being denied all sorts of things from medical care to to you know repatriation which is which is dreadful so yeah it's we are being caught in the middle of, of this and yet and yet governments still need ships to trade and i think that's to find is the hypocrisy of all of this mm. is they want ships to carry on doing their job but but not that ship because that ship's been to india not that ship because it's just you know, people, governments have got to have a connection between the transport side of it and the health side of it. And, you know, we need transport ministers to feel the heat of this, the fact there's going to be disruption to global supply chains. And they in turn need to put pressure on who seem to be calling the shots in all governments now, which is public health. And, and, and to say you've got to find a carve out for this because actually ships don't just deliver the nice things in life. They also do the absolutely essentials, as we all know, 90 percent of everything. So, you know, there has to be a workaround. And, you know, we, we thought there was a groundbreaking sort of resolution of the ILO last year when there was, you know, the, the committee of experts found governments collectively wanting. It's now a chance for them to step up to the plate now and actually start delivering of what a lot of them have said publicly they, they were doing. And I'm not so sure whether they, they really follow that through. Uh, no, a fair point. And ultimately, you know, if the consumers end up being affected, that, I guess, will be, you know, at least one lever that could be pulled. Yeah, it just 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 on that one, you know, the ever given, um, this, this, you know, the, in, in running aground in the Suez Canal. My goodness me, did that not raise the sort of political tension and political sort of uh, knowledge Quite. of the industry, you know, and uh, because it, people could see that direct impact on them. What we've got at the moment, I suppose, is that slow-burning incremental impact. It, you know, it, it's it, it, you know, in some ways, we we just are a product of our own success. We just get find workarounds and, and get things. It takes something like the Ever Given to bring it to the attention. But really, there is some real crisis coming down the tracks unless we get governments to really properly engage with us and to to solve this problem. 
Wonderful. Well, we will leave it there, but we will be keeping tabs on the situation as it develops via lawyerslist.com and would urge listeners to keep an eye on the daily reports. But for now, Guy Platten, Secretary General of the International Chamber of Shipping, thank you very much for joining the Lawyers List podcast once again. Thank you, Richard.